Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. to talk about SummerSlam 1983 but Paul this is such a big review SummerSlam 93 so a lot to talk about especially when we talk about who's in the main event hell yes and I didn't think that just you and me together could really cover this we couldn't do it justice no and you know we've, we've, we've had fun in the past when we've had someone else join us we we have we've 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 had most creative times with with our guests on the show yeah so, in order to find out, I guess, I had to punch a hole through space. <laughs> I had to punch a hole through to another Earth, where there is also a Scott and a Paul who get together and talk about a variety of different subjects on a podcast. Can I just say on my end, that was quite a thing, finding another Scott and Paul. You know, that was cool. And from Earth 1, we have that Paul from Scott and Paul joining us now. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Hey, our Paul. <laughs> hey. Yeah, this is odd. I remember, like, it was some months ago. When I was I was live tweeting a pay per view, and I just got a met from the our Twitter account from the podcast account, and then I got a message from another Scott and Paul, and I'm just like, <laughs> what, what the hell? Are the, what are the chances of this happening? Yeah, there's some gimmick infringement going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we've forgiven you for that. So. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he he does tell me that, that Earth One Paul is a lot more like less Scott, well, you know. Yeah, we well, you know have to yeah. you have to handle the responsibilities of editing and such. You yeah. you on your end are the technical genius, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I decided to actually do music for the show and all that, yeah. So my yeah. Scott does absolutely nothing. So <laughs> as you can tell, he's not here right now. So yeah. Oh, I you mean, say, you can yeah. say what you want now. His, his Paul basically does nothing. nothing. Yeah. So yeah, I I drink a lot and offer opinion. You, I have and I have the job of making your cohe your ramblings coherent. You have a, you have the job of sanitizing my opinions. <laughs> yeah, but before we get into the review, uh, Paul from Earth One, if you want to tell <laughs> uh, our listeners a bit about you and uh, about about your show. Well, our show is basically, it's kind of, well, it's not really niche, it's just all video games, movies, wrestling, comic books, you know, nerdy stuff. So, that's, that's pretty much what we do. But our wrestling is pretty much New Japan and old school 80s wrestling is pretty much where we're at when we actually do talk about wrestling. It it sounds good already, man. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, we try and talk about current stuff, I, try, I more so try to fill my uh, full in. But Paul, we do talk about a lot of some old stuff because Paul has got quite a cool collection of like old school like wrestling VHSs. Hell yeah, man! I've I've got I've got a great collection from like eighty <laughs> eight to two thousand and two on VHS. So yeah, that's pretty much our warehouse right there. Is this old school <laughs> yeah. Hogan and Warrior and Crockett era for NWA? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I grew up. I was a DX man. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 
That's how it was in our high school. You couldn't pretty much walk down the hall without somebody telling you to suck it. <laughs> and that, that was the greeting. Yeah. I, I, I remember when we were in college, I walked in wearing a DX Suck It t-shirt and some guy who looked about 10 years younger than me went, cool shot. And I was like, yes, man. Yeah. The free Suck It travels through time. <laughs> it's universal, man. Yeah. Universal. Universal greeting of the 90s, Suck It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's why we wanted to, as soon as we heard there was another Scott and Paul, we knew like we needed to do something together, and we needed to cover something old school. We've wanted to do it for a while, and we thought with Summer, eventually we finally got the capabilities to finally get it done. Yeah. And we got SummerSlam coming up, we thought, what's a, what is an old school SummerSlam that we can do? And we eventually settled on 1993. Well, there is, there is not a better one where you could take a lot out of when 93, in my opinion. There's yeah. so much to talk about on that one. Yeah, yeah Lex Luger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lex Luger. Earth One, Paul, I don't know what your opinion is, but I, I often think the worst thing we did with Lex Luger is turn him face. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when he was the narcissist, that was the real Lex Luger. That, that was, was 100% so cool. him. That was awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome version of Lex Luger. And then they decided to turn him to Mr. America, and this yeah. did not work. Hogan Mark II. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. It I remember, failed. I remember at one point we talked about doing the uh, the 91 SummerSlam that, that was between this and that. Yeah. And we yeah. thought, what do we want to talk about? Do I talk about uh, trying to turn, do I talk about Lex Luger, or do I talk about Macho Man that getting married and all that? Like, no one I'd, wants, ra- I'd rather talk about that. No one wed- wants to talk about Macho Man's fucking marriage, man. No, no, no. The most, the most interesting thing about that is the reception, and they didn't even put that on the pay per view. That was like a, a VHS thing, or most, like, or like an exclusive. I think most probably. I think I think I seen that as a kid, like mm-hmm. many fucking moons ago now. But it was it was crap then. It's still crap now. Yeah. <laughs> They always like to put those little extras on Coliseum Home Video to make you buy that shit, but I never did. Once yeah, I got yeah. the pay-per-view, I was done with it. I, I love the old Coliseum videos, though, because I've I seen one on eBay. I'm considering buying it. It's like hits from the crypt, and it's like Paul Bearer commenting on matches that have nothing to do with The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I yeah. thought that was a very, very, very rare tape to find. Does it have that big clamshell case, or is it just the regular VHS tape? I, I have no idea, man. I've, I've seen mm. it on eBay, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with the idea of should I buy it, should I not buy it, because I'm kind of running out of room for tapes at the minute. Yeah, the problem with those tapes is they only got, what, 15, 20 years of time with them, and then the magnetic strip wears out, so you got to transfer everything over to the DVD. Well, and unless you're particular with them, you know what I mean? You can't you yeah. can make them last if you're particular with them. Uh, I remember, like, they used to bring out some weird VHS stuff. I mean, one, like, I only heard this through OSW, they did a VHS collection of matches that were never aired. It's called Smack'em Whack'em, which is, <laughs> which, until this point, this is where they finally released, like, the Brett Sean Ladder match, and, like, Brett winning the title from Ric Flair. Like, and these are matches, yeah. think, like, surely yeah. the matches you showcase on like your primetime wrestling or whatever, your superstars or whatever, even if not a pay-per-view, like, now nah, we'll just save them from some random VHS. <laughs> Make people buy, buy them on VHS. Oh, the last couple of random ones I bought were, like, the world, like, UK Rampage tapes. Mm-hmm. Bought them, you know. You've got some good matches with, like, Duggan and Yoko and Crush and Mr. Perfect and shit like that, so. Yeah. I talk about, uh, how did you guys watch... 
base because I watched uh, this show on the network because, well, I have I've got it there. Like Paul, you've got the VHS. <laughs> yeah. Paul, you've got the VHS. I'll be of it. Earth One, Paul. How did you watch this? Were you watching it through the network or did you have a copy of this already? Uh, originally I watched it on pay per view, but I wasn't going to try to fund the VHS. I don't even know where my VCR players are, so I just watched it on the network. I I have two VCR players. Uh, so Paul, like, if there's any like, if there's anything on your like VHS version that they may have like taken out on the uh, the network, and as we're going through the show, like, can you like let make sure like let us know like, oh, you missed skip this for this well, is in the VHS. The only thing, the only thing I could think of, right, and it's it's only it's only like because you've mentioned it before. Yeah, I could think maybe they've messed with like they've edited entrances or put different theme oh, yeah. music in or oh, something yeah. of that nature. Yes, yeah. there's a very glaring uh, technical thing they've done at the end of the show and I will get to it then and I have some opinions on it. Oh go on. But I'll but I will I will save myself like I'll save myself for that. But if it's over you guys I think we just go into the show. Let's go. Alright. I'm 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 almost finished my coffee so I'm good. Alright. So it's the SummerSlam nineteen ninety three. It's take place in the palace at Auburn Hills in Michigan, which we hear we're coming here from Auburn Hills. This does not sound scream SummerSlam location to me. Like, welcome to Auburn Hills. Just sounds like a weird neighborhood from a sitcom. Yeah, most SummerSlams line were like from some fucking place. You know. What I mean? <laughs> well, that, well, that helps if you have a location to air your show from. Like, yeah, but it's not. It's not like yeah. like you say SummerSlam '93 from Madison Square Garden or from fucking wherever it's from Auburn Hills. You know, like whatever. Yeah. It's it's from this place. Yeah, but we uh, we open the show and we have the Lex Express pulling in. We've got all the fans. The <laughs> Lex Express, man. Oh. The Lex Express. <laughs> yeah. He'll be your hero, man. Yeah. He just wanted to be our hero. Yeah, and yeah. no one cared. No one cared. This propaganda video played every week on Saturday night. <laughs> If you remember, I don't know if it's on the network, by the way, uh-huh. but on the VHS, they play that fucking song and video package at the start and end of the fucking tape. Yeah. You know? Boy. Like, like Lex sleeping on a tour bus or seeing sick children or some shit like that. It was, it was, it was very, 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 very sickly. Yeah, very sick, very fake-ass propagandic, and nobody yeah. cared. <laughs> no one gave a shit, man. Nobody cared. His God, his fucking hair sucked into. <laughs> oh, well, it was be- it was better than Hogan's though. Yeah, it was better than Hogan's, but back in the he, he had more of it. Yeah, he had more. I remember in the early '80s, Lex's hair was fucking awesome, and then he like cut it down. Mm-hmm. But he had that poofant hairdo. Oh, it's fucking sweet. Now it's just what the hell. What you say? Well, you we talked just briefly before we started this, like the narcissist Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so fucking cool. It was awesome. And he I had was, all those like, this, this nasty heel that beat people with his, his bionic, like, fucking forward. bionic elbow and shit and looked yeah. at himself. He was all like, cocky and shit. And then he turned yeah. into this really fucking saccharine American tip-top hero type. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was it WrestleMania 9? He came out with all the girls and they had the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was sweet as hell. Yeah, that was cool. What's funny is like the behind the scenes of uh, Vince McMahon running through the engine. So you see Vince McMahon with these women and holding up the mirrors to him. <laughs> Good old Vince. Huh? Yeah. yeah. 
but we have, we as you everyone pulled the impression of Vincent Man, we have proper throat curdling, throat burning Vincent Man with his big welcome to SummerSlam. Palace <laughs> <laughs> of Auburn Hills. Yeah, that's a that's a better impression of Vince than Vince. Like. Yeah, and Vince is on commentary alongside Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now I must say, Bobby Heenan was on point. Throughout the show, well, I was about to say the late great oh, Bobby. Yeah, Heenan. the late great Bobby. Yeah. Heenan. This is yeah, a Bobby legend, man. Yeah. I want to say I missed the SummerSlam music, the old school SummerSlam music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a smile on my face when I heard that. <laughs> it's it's like it's like I don't know if either one of you two like get less for the tapes when we used to show the promos or the pay per views on the tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the music on that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that. I thought it was Lord Alfred Hayes and like UK Rampage, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and you're like, yes! I love that and Sorry Nuts Main Event, that opening promo package. Yeah. Oh, that shit was awesome. I used to see like, what was it, like King Haku and Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and shit, it was most cool. Yeah. But, like I said, I love Bobby Ian, he's great on this, on this show. I don't know about you guys, maybe it's a, dip, it's a different era thing. I've never liked Vince as a commentator. Oh, I love Vince as a commentator. See, I, 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 I both disliked and loved him mm-hmm. because he was so fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was so OTT at the same time. You're like, God's sake! You're like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> you know. So he would, he would get so excited at some point. She like. Yeah, you have to. Put I, him used, with the I right used to guy. love it when he got into it, and he'd be like, "Oh, oh, it's a pen, it's a pen." I'm like, "Oh no, it's not a pen." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he really does it with uh, Tatanka later on. He was great with Tatanka. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, him and Jesse were the best duo, though. Him and Bobby were good, but him and Jesse had the best chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Vince can go through like entire matches, and I noticed on this show without naming any moves, like, "Oh, look at that." What a maneuver! Oh, that devastating maneuver! Like, does Vin, Vin, like Vince for an owner of a company and wrestling company and a man who's on comedy for a wrestling shows? I'm starting to wonder, like, Vince, do you know any names of moves? Like, when he does, when he does to say a move, you're like, holy shit, he actually knows wrestling moves. Yeah, that's why. That's why Jr. was always like such a fresh air, such a fresh air for some people because like Jr. would call things moves by their action. I'll tell you something. Say what you will about Vince McMahon, but he's a better fucking commentator than Michael Cole. Yeah, that's because he gets micromanaged the shit. If you go back and watch old Smackdowns when it's Michael Cole and Taz, he's fucking great. Yeah, I'll I'll um, grant I'll grant you both that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now he's he sucks now. Yeah, well I think they had, yeah. they had Paul Heyman. He had a, he was the one managing the contest, whereas Vince is in his ear probably. Screaming at Michael for three hours every week. <laughs> yeah, what was it, WrestleMania? The one that we had to watch, but we didn't get to do? Oh, he yeah, was we, great on that one. Yeah, we were hoping to do uh, May 19. Ah, yeah, May 19. 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was good on that one. Yeah, we were talking earlier on about like 18, 19, 20 all, all around are just really underrated like manias. We were talking about that before. Yeah, we went I, I was saying to Scott, I was saying like Mania 18 in particular. Hulk Hogan, in my opinion, personally, had his best fucking match he ever had at Mania 18. Right. I mean, that match with The Rock, I mean, Hogan goes into that as a heel, and the fans love him. Yeah, but, yeah. You know? And he, his wrestling ability in that match, in my opinion, far surpassed anything he did before or since. 
It showed what a great performer he was. Yeah, when he was allowed to perform. You know? Because like, you look at Hogan too. in the 80s and the 90s, he had, he had like a John Cena thing. You know, he had, he had his... He had his routine, you know, but in Mania 18, he, he really let loose and he wrestled. Yeah. You know? and so, yeah, so all you had to do is just flip it. In one second, I can turn the crowd. Yeah. They yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hogan was probably the ultimate heel and the ultimate babyface. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, when you hear about his real life, he's definitely the ultimate heel, but we'll not get into that. <laughs> I, th- I think the poor man is just misunderstood, man. We'll, we'll keep that we have Vince and we have Bobby Heenan as our commentary duo for this evening. Yep. And we'll yep. get to our first match of the evening. It is the bad guy, Razor Ramon, taking on the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I've met him. Which one? Which one? Ted DiBiase. Good guy. I disappointed him, though. <laughs> How so? Oh, well, I, t- I took my copy of SummerSlam 88. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, this is the one where I fought Hogan uh-huh. and lost. You know, and I was like, I'm sorry, man. I didn't have any way you won. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You had to remind him. Yeah. But he was a good guy, you know. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Met a hacksaw on the same day, so that was cool. Signed, he signed my SummerSlam tape, King Duggan. So that was cool. Uh, I, I didn't make out the full, like, these music, music so I could, I could barely hear like Howard Finkel first music song <laughs> when he was like when he was making his announcement. But I, I, I vaguely hear him saying, "But my seasonal resins in." I couldn't hear the full place, but all I heard was the words Massachusetts. Like, yeah, how very exotic places you go for your summer, DVLC. I'm going to go to Massachusetts this summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll t- I'll tell you on a side note that is something the wrestling is severely missing these days. What the think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I think, really, really miss Howard, man. They should use him for some big shows, at least. They really should. Like, see when he used to introduce the champion? That really got you, man, mm-hmm. you know? Or at least like, let him do the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give him that. But, mm-hmm. but it was like when he used to come in and be like, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion. You're like, yes, Howard, man. Like, I mean, yeah. you can tell he gets off on giving the... You know, the rules for the Royal Rumble. He gets so happy oh, when he totally, does that. Totally. Yeah, he would drag that out. <laughs> he, had, he had every right to him, man. He was a think. Yeah, so then you do it. Jerry Lawler giving out to him on contract, like, all right, come on, come on. We've only got an hour left of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, they explained that the reason behind this match is, like, not long after, before this, the adult, the one, two, three kid gets the upset win yep. over Ted DBS. Uh, no, over Razor. Over Razor. But then I think they mentioned he also beat Teddy Asi, but thanks to Razor. Yeah. And they did a thing between Razor and Diaz where basically Diaz wanted him to be like his servant. Yeah, he wanted him to be his slave. Yeah. And this is where we're seeing Razor Ramon going from a heel, i.e. a proper bad guy, and now to what we more probably remember Razor Ramon for being kind of a tweener, more of a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he's called the bad guy. He's yeah. you know, do you know I I I hate to be that that guy, but you know I was never ever the biggest Razor fan. Huh? No. Huh? Really? Really? I mean, he yeah. he was good, but he never really piqued my interest as much as others did. Huh? Sorry, yeah. F one. What were your thoughts on uh, Razor Ramon? I remember him ever since he was in WCW when he was the um, 
Well, man, I'm remembering was Scott Gator Hall. So. <laughs> and then when he was hanging around with DDP. So I always liked him. And then he finally got a respectable gimmick when he was Razor Ramon. So I always liked him. I would have liked to have seen him actually win the big belt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity, in my opinion, with him. You know, he came in quite... Oh, like he had a, he had a prime like spots of everything doing a big tag match. He had a title shot at the Rumble. Yeah, that was a good match till the Rumble '93. Yeah. Um, then they kind of cool him off. They put him in, and then he for the rest of his time he's pretty much an IC title player, and like they won't let they go much further than that. Yeah, he, he kept he kept a hold of the belt on and off for four years basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the that was the extent of his tenure. He basically looked after the IC title for four years. Uh, it's like he's a here, hold this for a while, will you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he was the working man's champ. Yeah, I mean, I I like that uh, Royal Rumble '96 match between him and Goldust. Yeah. No, that was that's a particular favorite of mine. But, uh, but he was over. Yeah, he was over. You can even tell here that he's. But over and he would get even more over like when he like the pot when he pulled them both the IC belts at like many a ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great visual. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and in this match, it's a, I think it's a decent like open match. You have DBS to try to jump Razor, like Razor's kid doesn't even have a chance to get his like jacket off. Then Razor's got the hot star, he's sending DBS to the outside. Eventually DBS pulls Razor into the uh in the turn middle turnbuckle and he just a lot of the matches, like, with DiBiase putting Razor in a lot of holds and shit yeah. like that. And I, I can kind of, I don't know if you guys could see it, but I could kind of see, like, this is pretty much DiBiase towards the end of his tenure because well, he is pretty much on his way out at well, this stage. Well, that, that wasn't too long before DiBiase finally yeah. left, or was it? Yeah, because, like, he'd be in commentary for, like, he was on commentary at the 94 Rumble, and then in, like, 96, he moved to, like, an outside role. He goes mm. to WCW as, like, the financier or something like that for the NWO. Oh, I, th- I think it was a, I think it was an injury that put him at, and, uh, ultimately. And like in yeah. he's like a manager. He's got this corporation faction, uh, which which went fantastically. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, he, who did he have in the corporation? Psycho said Tatanka and fucking Bigelow. I, IRS wasn't it? Oh yeah, IRS. Because yeah. he's been doing tags with him ever since Flair yeah. was there. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder how IRS feels like his son is like a hundred times more successful than he is. Yeah, because you can see he's like, like you had, had King Kong Bundy in there as well. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Bundy. Yeah. Tatanka ended up joining his little group too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, Earth One Paul, what did you think? Like, was it clear that kind of DVS's main role was really just to put Razor over as he was kind of winding down? Yeah, it looked like it. I mean, he was. Bumping all over the ring for him, but he always did that. But yeah, mm-hmm. Ted's the guy to do it. Yeah, he can get you over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a great, he was a great heel. But like, I seen the way he was moving. He was definitely, I could definitely see him moving a lot slower than like when the days, like you said, when you do that team, when the times he was working with Hogan. Yeah, he's definitely moving a lot slower here. And you know, Which, say say what you will, but I think DBOC in general was just a great wrestle. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's always been great. They should have gave him the belt. Yeah, oh, they did technically. Yeah, technically. I mean, technically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then he just buy the belt, the twenty four seven belt. So if he can do that, then we can retro 
give him yeah, the belt. Well, I, I heard, I heard, I did read that he did actually defend the belt on a couple of house shows. Yeah. 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 So it was by all technical means a, yeah. a one-time champion. Yeah, because he was supposed to win that Mania Four tournament before it got changed because uh, Honky Tonk wouldn't drop the IC to Macho Man, so they gave Macho Man the belt. <laughs> I mean, WWE retcons their history anyway, so we might as well go ahead and do it too. Yeah. 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 What'd, you, what'd you see here? Wasn't it great that time DBS won the belt? Oh, totally, yeah. totally. totally. It, it runs alongside that time the Rockers won the tag titles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic yeah. moments all around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just because the belt, the ropes broke doesn't mean anything. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. You know, the one, the one time Marty Gennetti won a legitimate tag team title. This is our own wee version of kayfabe here. Oh, totally. Wasn't, wasn't he a fun and ultimately flawed dude, that Martin Gennetti? Yeah. I mean, he was a coward for jumping through the winch window, but uh, other than that, he was a great wrestler. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, you, could, you could basically sum up both Sean and Marty's careers in that moment. <laughs> once hero, once coward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> once through the window, one goes on to better things. Yeah, eventually Razor Moan, like, DBS does get Razor over. Razor, like, you can tell he's struggling a wee bit to get DBS out of the Razor <laughs> Edge. He's, he's, like, you, I don't think people realise just how big of a guy DBS actually was. Like, especially when you put him up against someone like Razor, he's also, like, Skull was a tall... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a big fucker. <laughs> yeah. Nobody ever thinks he is because he's always with uh, Nash. Yeah. Nash is a... That's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's just a huge, big fucking dude, though. I know. Right. Hey, if, you ever, if you ever remember Nash walking in alongside Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I will say the first thing that I, I noticed in this match was a chick in the front row wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt and an HBK biker hat. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I miss this era. Yeah. That and there's Ike Pro shit hanging everywhere. I was like, this was a fun era. I miss this. Definitely. Yeah. See, I, I get I get to relive it constantly with my tapes without the network editing, so it's yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, fun match though. I'd give at least three stars. Oh, definitely, definitely three star match. Yeah, it's a yeah. solid opener. Like like I said, the worst one. Like I said, Dave Asti did movies with it, but he still he was still very, he did what he had to do to get Razor over as well as he could. And do, do you think? Do you think like DBOC probably was? struggling with an injury at the point and just done the match because he was, you know, he was rotting the daily match, he thought it was daily match. Well, SummerSlam, you know, it's, one of, it's one of the big shows of the year, I'll do this and then yeah. I'm on the opening match of SummerSlam, I'll get it done. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking curtain jerker, let's go out there and bump around and go back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a fun match. What wasn't fun, and what was actually quite cringeworthy, I thought, <laughs> was, was Todd Pettengill interviewing the Scott and Rick Steiner's oh. mom and sister. God, man, you fucking uh, Todd Pentengill, man. I like Todd Pentengill, especially when we get to Joe Fowler uh, later on. Like, I really, I really, really had an issue with Pentengill. I hated that fucker the first time I saw him. I was like, thank <laughs> you, thank you, Earth One Paul. Oh damn, these Pent- there's two of them there. They're sticking together. Pentengill sucked. He always sucked. He was so fucking annoying. <laughs> he really fucking was, man. Like every every time I watch a tape, I fast forward it through that fucking dick shit. I think that fucker still has a radio job somewhere. 
he's he's in radio or in some kind of sport broadcast or some kind of crap, but thankfully he's no longer associated with the fucking wrestling. Like he's one of those guys. WWE rarely ever actually acknowledge like they acknowledge random people who he's working for, but you ever we rarely ever hear WWE nowadays talk about Todd Pentengill. But let me ask, why would WWE reference Todd Pentengill? Well, because he was around quite a bit. Todd, as a backstage like reporter. Yeah, but for if, this era, if, Todd, so he... if Todd Pentengill had any self-respect, he wouldn't reference himself. <laughs> he sucked, man. He really, really sucked. If he was going to talk about his career, he definitely probably wouldn't talk about this one because he's trying to... Like, he asked the stuff that the Steiner's mum if, like, she had to ban them from doing Frankensteins on the couch and she's just, like, nodding along, like, ah, whatever you say, like, saying, like, please get this camera away from me. His mom buried him. His jokes were shit. <laughs> that was great. And then, yeah. and then he's trying to have a conversation with his singer sister, and I never thought I'd be so happy to see Jim Cornette come out. Because <laughs> out comes yeah. Jim Cornette uh, wearing a neck brace, which I found out apparently they were doing an angle where the Heavenly Body through he's managing recently dropped the Smoky Mountain tag titles, and in the spot they did a spot where the face team get their hands on the heel manager oh, yeah, and they yeah, beat him up and yeah. he was kind of selling what had happened in Smoky Mountain which is explains the neck brace the heavenly bodies man yeah, that old <laughs> gimmick yeah can I, just, can I just say like this had to be a piss take like Doctor Desire Tom Pritchard and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey like have you seen these guys didn't uh, it's like beautiful who which one Jimmy Del Rey no idea. I'm sure Jiggle Dim- Jimmy Del Rey is dead now. I don't think Pretty so. Sure. Is he? Well, like, like I don't. If he is dead, I don't mean fake ill of him. But I look at him and he's like, "You look like a guy who would fit in a don't talk to strangers poster." <laughs> don't approach this man. Yeah. If he offers you sweets, don't go near him. Stay away from the white van. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like. Tom Pritchard did, like, as much as he doesn't sit this whole heavenly bodies thing, he, he is apparently a very good trainer. He's, he's also the brother of Bruce Pritchard, who played Brother Love. And I, well, I love his, I remember the, the roast of Bruce Pritchard at StarCast last year, right? And somebody joked about Bruce Pritchard, he went, you worked in talent relations, which is ironic, because you're not talented, but you're related to someone who is. <laughs> Jimmy Del Rey is dead. December 6, 2014, suffered a heart attack at the wheel of his truck on US 301 near the Florida State Fairgrounds. There you go. Wow. Wow. Bet you feel shit now, don't you? You guys were you guys were joining in. I no, never said shit about Jimmy Del Rey being shitty. I was talking about Todd Bentengill being a piece of shit. Yeah, he wasn't one talking about Jimmy Del Rey. That was you. I wasn't saying he looked like shit. I'm saying he looked a bit creepy. You guys were joining in. You, you guys joked about white vans and. No, we just we just went with what you said, man. Yeah. That's all on you. I bet you feel shit now. Yeah. Feel ganged up on at the moment. You should feel shit. Leave it to the Scots to be all nasty. Yeah. God no. There's two of them. But we'll move into this match, shall we? Like it's the heavenly bodies versus one the of them is in heaven now. God rest his soul. <laughs> you having fun, Scott? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I am. So we have the Steiner brothers, the hometown guys, come out with their University of Michigan like singlets, despite being probably in their late early thirties. 
Yeah, their only selling point is a tag team in WWF. I think it's just because of how well I've seen Scott there. It's so weird for me to see him with this big long mullet <laughs> when I'm used to freak <laughs> Scott Steiner. Yeah, you look, you look at Steiner brother Scott Steiner as opposed to Big Papa Pump. Yeah. Uh, Big Papa Pump's your hookup, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, as much as I joked about the Heavenly Body, like, they were, this is actually one of my favourite matches of this whole show, actually. I thought this was actually a really solid, like, as a tag team match. Well, yeah. I, I remember the finish, though, wasn't the Frankensteiner a little fucking sloppy? Just a touch. Well, the Frankensteiner looked, like, dodgy. Like yeah. regardless, more than that. It just sometimes he he went and delivered it reasonably well, but I think in this match it looked kind of shit. He still spiked him though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he, it wasn't Will Osprey beautiful, but I mean, he spiked him. Yeah. Like there was a spot. Like I, this is this gives more credence to my notion that Vince Man doesn't know wrestling is because do you remember Del Rio does a senton or or a cannonball kind of thing off of the apron on one of Steiner's, and you hear Vince like going, oh god, look at that moonsault. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but Tom Pritchard had uh, like a kind of a thing wrapped in his leg, like he was here to protect an injury. Yeah. And yet nobody yeah. really, the commentators didn't mention it, and the Steiner's didn't really go after it. Like, I thought you, go to you first, everyone, Paul, like, do you, do you think that was a bit weird that they wouldn't like I go after the injury, or do you think maybe it was just because like they were they were the, maybe the good guys? Uh, he may have been legitimately hurt, and so they decided not to fuck with it. Yeah, yeah. more than likely. I don't like, think it's just that they're babies. I think he's just hurt, and they said, "Don't fuck with it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it may have been really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does get involved in like the early like like free for all in the match, but. As we get later into the match, it's a lot more Jimmy Del Rio doing the heavy lifting, so I think that gives credence to the idea that that they were, spot. yeah, that Tom is like legit hurt. Yeah. This is this is going great, isn't it? Yeah. But I think as far as the um, commentators, they're just dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could, Bobby surprises me, but. I figured he would say something about, well, of course they're not going for it. They're from Michigan. They're fucking idiots. Well, you you have to think if Bobby's on commentary with Vince, Vince is probably Vince probably is on look to tell Bobby what to fucking say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Vince's job as a storyteller to actually get it across. Yeah. But you know, Vince was the puppet master of all mm-hmm. fucking all things wrestlers, commentators, yeah. everything. Like Vince seems. All- I don't know how anxious Vince seems every time there was a pinfall. Like, he he would think a drop kick would be the end. Like that's it. One, two, three. No. See, that, that's why you loved Vince. He was such a tool. <laughs> you know, like, oh, he's drop kicked him. Oh, there's going to be a pin. Oh, there's not a pin. Oh, he's he's body slammed him. Oh, fuck, there's a pin. Oh, there's not a pin. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how many fucking potential pins is going to be in this match, Vince? My favorite was David Crockett. He was so great. Yeah, yeah. Because he was just a mark. So he was. <laughs> he was just a big fucking mark. <laughs> well, like, well, I don't know about you guys, but like I said, like we talked about the open match. I think this match, this time match, from a technical standpoint and ring wise, was actually surprising about how about how good it was. 
it was interesting to see like guys from other movies that they, they constantly mentioned Smoky Mountain, Smoky Mountain when like we went through a time period where they would like we mentioned no mm. we mentioned no other companies other than our own. Yeah. Like, we say they went sold around the world. We don't say where they worked before they came to us. <laughs> like that was yeah. That was very interesting. Well, you know what? You know fine well back in that era it was seen as high treason to mention another promotion. Mm. Yeah. We are the World Wrestling Federation. That's it. There's nobody else. There is no other federation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All all real wrestlers wrestle for our promotion. Yeah. But I agree. This is, as far as technical wrestling goes, this is the best match on, on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like, you look at you and. Look at tag wrestling in that era. A lot of tag wrestling in that era was pretty on point, technically. Yeah. I mean, because tag wrestling then, apart from some big teams, never really got as much as much promotion as it should have got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, every time a tag team was on, we really had to push the boat out. Yeah. You know, and, and go for it. When the hell did Danny Davis come back to refereeing? Because I don't remember Danny Davis coming back until I actually saw it. I was like, Oh yeah, Danny Davis did have a short run again. Huh. I don't even know if I noticed that, so I couldn't tell. Yeah, know. yeah, that was ref- Danny Dangerous Danny Davis was refereeing this match. Love that name, Dangerous <laughs> Danny Davis. Yeah, nothing like a good bit of alliteration in a wrestling. Definitely. Yeah, but I think another thing that's surprising about this, like how good it was, because like I think on the next Raw, the one after that, uh, the Steiners would lose the tag titles to the Quebecers, and then from there you've got like. Teams like Men and Omission coming in, so oh, like, God. just go to show like we, don't, we didn't realize how much we needed the Steiners in the tag division until they burrowed off back to or, WCW. Are you saying you didn't love yeah. Men on a Mission? <laughs> Fantastically gifted team, uh, so I, I like Mabel. I like Mabel <laughs> simply for how bad he is. Yeah, King Mabel. <laughs> Big Mabel, man. The one, the one claim to fame he's got is breaking the Undertaker's face with his ass. <laughs> Why we're not talking about 95 SummerSlam with him, with Mabel in the main event, I have no idea. Look, we're on 93, we're talking of 93, you know. Mabel Mabel breaking Taker's face with his butt is just like an interestingly funny little side note. It's a side note of history. (laughs) Oh, totally. I mean, meant Taker had to wear that Phantom of the Opera mask. Oh, that thing was so fucking stupid. That was a a great look for him, man. (laughs) I mean, it looked awesome. When the lights were off, but as soon as you turned the lights on, I was like, this is so fucking fake WWE bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. There, there was so much fake WWE bullshit in that era. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So much. Like, Then we go backstage to Joe Fowler. Like, I know we were slagging Todd Pettengill, but I was watching Joe Fowler. Like, can I have Todd Pettengill back? Like, <sighs> um, No, I'd rather have Joe. <laughs> Joe seems him. legit. You should have had, like, Ray Rougeau or something. Yeah, I'd be better than Pentangill. Because I'm watching this trophy, like, who are you? Like, Do you know who he was? I know who he is now. Well, do you know who he was then? He wasn't Pentangill. Well, that was enough. <laughs> now it would be some podcaster. Yeah. It would be that guy with the fucked up hair from Sirius <laughs> Radio. Like, so, but Joe Fowler, he's interviewing Shawn Michaels alongside Diesel... Joe Michaels is getting ready to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Mr. Perfect. Yep. And yeah. I don't remember much as well, but I do remember basically Diesel basically saying his job is to keep the ladies off Shawn Michaels or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Nash was really going for like a New York vibe with his accent. Yeah. His he was accent. faking that shit. I know that was accent was so like thick. Michaels was brilliant though. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest, Michaels was brilliant. Like I remember when he came when he had that promo at the King of the Ring ninety three where you're just Diesel goes his name is Diesel as in that which makes a Mack truck go like <laughs> <laughs> like okay thanks Sean thanks for clearing that up man could just said Diesel but he's got he's got to emphasize the point well you yeah. know he's he's Diesel he makes a Mack truck go you know that was definitely a Vince and like say this explain what Diesel is. People won't get it unless you explain it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Sean and Mr. Perrin making an interview. A shot up into the top of the arena where we see Radio WWF with uh, Gorilla Monsoon and good old JR. Yep. And like, I'm watching, like, man, I'd much rather listen to a version of this show commentated by these two. <laughs> I forgot that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read up on it, apparently, like, like you say, it was like listening to a football on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like they mentioned, like for like armed forces and stuff like that. Yeah. I, do you know? I've I've never. I might I might look it up on YouTube or something. See if there's ever any I, audio I, I of think, it or I something. Don't think they, I don't think they, they did the audio like for the time. I don't think they were re-released. So, like I think that would be a cool idea. Like I feel like when you listen to like an audio commentary of a movie, like you can put on SummerSlam '83, put it on mute, and then listen to the radio WWF like commentary. Of like it. see how it's different. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be nice if they put on alternate audio. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, and at least JR would call would call moves moves. You just continue. You continue. I'll take this out. Oh, sorry, it's about to take a phone call. Hello. We're live, folks. I think Radio WF only lasted for a few weeks. I think they did it here, Survivor Series, and then Rumble '94. I think was the last time they did it. Yeah, I remember one time I listened to WCW's version of it, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's basically the same bullshit. It's just not like it's real storytelling was really. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to actually do it because you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, was this not like when they did like a live? They did took live events and then they put like audio over it, and, like but yeah. you couldn't see it. But yeah, HBK and Mr. Perfect. It was, ah, eh, I mean, it's, it's pretty much what you expect. It's just yeah, a very bumpy, bumpy match. It's still yeah. good though. Yeah, definitely. Like these are like when you talk about the new generation, like like Perfect was like the guy. The style that they're bringing in the new generation is basically what Perfect was. There has all run. It's just that he was in an era with all like the like the guys who Vince liked with all the muscles and the Hulkamania and all that. I mean, Where, I just wish Perfect didn't get hurt. So he could have lasted longer. Yeah, because like it's like the time like he's finally got like guys who are on his like level almost, like guys like Sean and that, and then he had to like hang it up. Yeah. Which is like which is really unfortunate, but like when you look at back at like this time period and like the actual workers of this era, when you think like who do you want to see? Uh, you'd think probably Sean versus Mister Perfect, and like. I forgot, almost forgot before it was to show that they actually had a match, and I was happy to see this match. Like Sean does, he's sweet doing music, he very super kick on the outside, but then doesn't like finish him off. So like this is a weird. I think this is still in that weird time period where he does the sweet chin music, but he doesn't use it as his finisher. It's a setup for 
the heart rate, the teardrop suplex or something like that. He's yeah, it's, it's like a side. Yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> I remember I was playing the uh, was it the Royal Rumble video game? And it's yeah. like the finisher is that it's, it's like a side side suplex type thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, he didn't use the sweet chin music yet. Yeah, like you remember that Paul? Like the Shawn Michaels, they went through a period of time where Ridley like he used super kicks, but it wouldn't be his finisher. He said it was a set for the teardrop suplex, which is like a shitty looking back suplex. Yeah, he, he done a back suplex or some shit, but like the move sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, like. Mm-hmm. I know, and I think it was Razor and Moon that eventually did thing like, hey, that's a pretty cool looking super kit. Like, why is that not your finisher? Yeah. And they just say, like, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Do you know, the thing, and I, like, another side note, the thing with the super kick, mm-hmm. see when Sean used to do the build up for the thing? Yeah. I used to think that looked really, really stupid. What? You know what I mean? You know, like, like stand in the corner, snap, snap, snap. Like, trap. chin up the band yeah. and all that. But see when he used to just hit that thing, like, fucking snap out with it? Yeah. Well, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, like, guy would, like, turn and you just basically walk into a fucking super kick. That shit was cool. Like, yeah. We were, like, would you agree, like, it's a shame that Perfect, like, kind of closely WCO, but then soon hangs up because this, like, the style of the new generation that they're trying to address is basically the style that Perfect was working back when he had to face, like, likes of Hogan and all that. Yeah, well, it, it is a shame, you know, but I think, I think. If you're talking Mr. Perfect, yeah, it wasn't even anything that he did wrong. It was just he was always in the, he was always the right guy in the wrong time. If you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much it. Like a few, if he came in a few years later, he'd he could have had a longer run than New yeah. Gen. He could have been like a that's top heel. Like in that's the new that's the best way to put Perfect. Think the right guy at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was he was fucking he was a great wrestler. It was Mr. Perfect yeah, fucking like, great wrestler? I mean, you think. Like proper workers in the same way as I said, like you think Sean Michaels be Mr. Perfect and it's a really great match and Sean's like working the heel and like he's playing playing the role of heel that Perfect would usually play in his matches when he was a heel. Yeah. And like what I didn't like was the finish because Sean retains via counter thanks to Diesel's interference. Mm. And I I didn't like that because I think one is that because I don't think they have another real match. Like, it's, it's not on paper you're following this yeah. so it's kind of a blow off it's kind of crap looking I don't think Perfect's the kind of guy who wouldn't want to lose cleanly I think he, would, he wouldn't he would mind losing cleanly Yeah. Like he, he lost it, he dropped a British beat kick at Wrestlemania, I don't think he would mind losing it but John fucking Michaels <laughs> good, old, good old Ed Leslie mm-hmm. like what, Paul, uh, Earth One Paul, so are you like what were your thoughts <laughs> like were you disappointed by this finish or? Uh, I mean, it, it kind of ruined the match, but HPK was a. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a shithead back then, so you kind of expected it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he be quick. Yeah, but like, I didn't even know it was that bad. I didn't know. I didn't know what was what happened at first because the way Sean got rolled, then he knocked an AR and stuff like. Did Sean get DQ'd and then they, they have to look up like, oh no, he won by count out. Can I just interject here? Yes, Sean was a shithead, but damn, he made it look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, say what you want about the guy's backstage ethics and blah, blah, blah. He made that shit look fucking good. 
Yeah. Oh, this was before he turned into a real life shithead, but his character was a shithead. Oh, his character was a shit, you know, but he yeah. made, he made you believe it. <laughs> but I loved Shawn Michaels. Hell yes, man. Yeah. Shawn, Shawn, Shawn Michaels was my, my guy, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean, you expect he was a chicken shit hill back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this type of finish is, I mean, he wanted to keep the belt no matter what because he knew Perfect could kick his ass. <laughs> he, he knew Perfect was better than him, so he's going to take yep. this. That's why he's got, you know, it's not the girls. You know, it's everybody else is going to beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why he's got Diesel. And probably why he had Sherry beforehand. Yeah. So, like, I don't mind Diesel, like, getting involved, but, like, I just, like, I would have liked the better things like, or talking about how good the, the match before this was, this match could have been even from a technical standpoint, could have like stolen the whole show. It's only the third match on the card, and then they really it's a it's an example of a good match being brought down by its finish. Yeah, a lot of people criticize the finish, but then I've heard a lot of people say the match itself was really good. You know, I mean, and I, I think the yeah, match it was, itself is really good. It's like you say, it's just the finish, yeah, it's like the finish takes away from the entirety of the match. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a bad ending ruining a good movie. That happens a lot in the modern era. But when you look at it as a whole, you got this, you have the same fitness for two title matches. You got two count outs. Yeah. That's bullshit. Didn't you even look at the fucking finishes before you decided, all right, this is what we're doing? One of these should have had been a clean finish, which should have been this. Yeah. Like, this is SummerSlam. Like, if we can't have uh, clean finishes on one of our premier pay-per-views of the year, where else can where can we have them? Well, like, yeah, it's true, but there was a lot of, lot of bad decision-making then. Yeah. But we cut uh, backstage to Joe Fowler again with the one, two, three kid, and my God, how young this guy oh, looks. Fucking Xbox. <laughs> this is before he got jacked up on drugs. He, he was so young. Like, you see him in, like, 96, 97, when, he's, when he goes to WCW, he's sick, and he's, he's got the facial and like, like in the space of three or so years, you've aged ten years. How is that possible? Like, this is before the click. Druggy. This is pre-click. This is yeah. what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he is the perfect before and after before and after photo for don't not doing drugs. Have you seen him recently? Well, he looks better than he, than he has in a while though. He's, yeah. Yeah, but he still looks shit. Like so. He's cutting this really bland, like, oh no, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best, you know. I know IRS is a top, one of the top toughest guys in the World Wrestling Federation, one of the top stars in here. Like, you're talking about IRS, the guy who's basically DBS's tag partner and not much else. Like, say what you like. accountant. <laughs> yeah. I loved IRS. I'm not, I'm not downplaying him, but just like the position he's in does not match the promo. I think it's just a generic promo that they've given onto like. <laughs> He's fighting the mid mid card. That's who he's fighting. Yeah, like he's he and he looks like like he looks so like nervous. You can definitely look at him like you look terrified, mate. Like, <laughs> inside, he's saying, like you're out of your depth. You're out of your depth. Well, yeah, he's like, oh shit, I'm at SummerSlam. I'm at SummerSlam. Oh shit, I'm fighting IRS. Oh shit. Well, good... Oh shit, Vince is gonna watch this. Oh shit. <laughs> like, like, he's. And uh, one of the best, like, Bobby Heenan lines in this uh, show, and he has quite a few of them, but he jokes that this is the latest the kid has ever stayed up. <laughs> uh, so he get, fights IRS. He gets no entrance, by the way. IRS? IRS. He cuts back to the ring. Yeah. IRS, sorry, and he's 
saying this is maybe the Motor City. We should rename Detroit the Tax Cheat City. <clears throat> like, ooh, sick burn, man. And then <laughs> out comes the kid. And this basically, for me, it felt like had the feed been interrupted and we even tuned into an episode of Superstars or something? Because this is what this match felt like to me. Did you really feel like that? Yeah, it felt like more of a Superstars match. It's harsh, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, say something better. I can't. I wish I could. Why? <laughs> no. Actually, I thought this was actually a pretty decent match. IRS was really doing good in this match. He yeah. showed that he actually knows how to carry the young guys. See? Yeah, like, he gets it. It just like it was kind of like a weird form. Like one, two, three kid gets a few like quick kicks, gets brought down again, gets another quick play, and then I just hated. I didn't like this finish either, even though it was a clean finish. Just IRS gets barely a few feet off the ground. It's a diving clothesline, and then that's it. What what was the one thing you were just complaining about? Lack of clean finishes. Well, like, I'm not. You the... got a clean finish, and you got one from the guy who. But the move, the move to get it didn't look, look shit. This clothesline looked crap. And plus, like, IRS, like, I thought the 1 2 3 kid was going to get like, the offset win as well. Like, I don't get why IRS was the one to win. Because he was better. It was also at this point I realized the rest are counting way too fast on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, I think I think that's why Vince got so, like, Benoit every time he, he seemed like a drop kick because he, he was just going for what the referees were doing. Yeah. Like, do, do you, Eric Wimpole, do you think I'm being too harsh on this? On this match? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See? You wait too. I mean, I was actually, I thought it would be a total shit fest, but I, I thought, it was like, man, IRS is actually doing good. He's carrying X-Pac. I'm sorry, one, two, three, kid. Well, like, he wasn't X-Pac like, yet. He, he didn't really know how to work. Mr. Waltman. Well, like, Mr. Sean Waltman. But like, it just felt like more like an enhancement match on a pay-per-view and like like an enhancement match that you'd have on TV on a pay-per-view and it didn't really fit, especially following the Intercontinental title match. I, I, I think well, I'm sure at the time, yeah. So what did you say there, Fumble? Sorry, I didn't catch that. I'm sure at the time, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. But looking back, we know that they're both, well, one's a superstar and one's, uh, you know, Captain Mike Rotunda. But one one one's the daddy of a potential superstar. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like I think it's because also like it seemed weird that he would lose here because like he got the upset win over uh, Razor and one and, and they say how he got a win over DBS thanks to Razor and then like he comes here and then loses to like you said there DBS he's accountant. Well, if you look at the placement of this match, mm-hmm. it's really kind of a filler. Yeah. yeah. You got the. I see match, and you got Bret Hart next, so this gives people time to go, and, you know, go to the refreshment stand and make a pizza, things like that <laughs> yeah, at the house. Yeah, pretty much it, because like, it goes like five minutes in total, so it's pretty much just filler you can, you can get. <laughs> I give you time to roll a smoke for the doink match. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get to that. It's supposed to be, like, they say those three title matches, according to Bob Hina's four, because the title of Undisputed King of the WWE <laughs> is on the line, which is also important for the Kenny. Most important match on the fucking card, man. Yeah, it is. The 1993 King of the Ring, Brett the Hitman Hart, as Paul's right to stop laughing, against Jerry the King Lawler. And around the same, they're actually doing some cool stuff where uh, Lawler was involved in the USWA, and he was like, uh, there's, there's another league. There's huh? two leagues on this show. 
Mm-hmm. We got Smoky Mountain and USWA. Yeah, no. there you go. Said like, like it's weird again. Like when you <sighs> went from there, not later on, they wouldn't really mention any other people, like other promotions. So like then in '97, they have like Triple A coming in. They yeah. have that partnership for the Rumble. That was fun. Well, like, so like, they did that, and then they did a weird thing where, like, in USW, because it's in Memphis, they would have Owen and Brett go down as, like, heels and, like, fight Jeff Jada and Jared Waller in, like, tag matches. Yeah. And actually, like, on their weekly TV show down there, they'd have Vince go on and, like, play a heel. And it's like, yeah. you watch it, you see, like, the early, like, seeds for the Mr. McMahon character coming out, and you can tell Vince is loving being a heel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real man right there. Yeah. Playing to his strengths. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, he always wanted to be a wrestler, and basically, he, he talked about what wrestling he wanted to be. His idea of a gimmick was basically going to be the million dollar man. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. His I daddy think, would love to be a The first thing I've seen Vince pull on some wrestling gear, <laughs> the size of that guy scared the shit out of me, man. He was huge. I, n- I never, I never got that when he wore his suit. But when you yeah. saw him in that wrestling vest, you're like, "Fucking hell, man!" <laughs> you know? Yeah, he big. Right. So Brett comes to the ring. He's got, you've got Owen and Bruce in the front row. Like, I felt like I felt bad for Owen. Like he would get, like he got much better from was the year following this when he's in his feud with Brett. Yeah. But Bruce Hart, man. <laughs> In Bruce Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you know, it made me sad. Yeah. Like, I've heard a lot, like, a lot of nothing but bad things about Bruce. Like, when Vince McMahon fought the race to Stampede Wrestling, and then Bruce starts to try to start up Stampede Wrestling again, tries to go head to head with Derry when they come to Montreal, like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, trying to get, like, you've told, like, what his spot was in, like, the Stampede match, and he was meant to come and get one shot or so in, and Austin. And tries to take a reason to get to get more time on camera. Yeah. He keeps thinking he's getting get signed by the company. Like. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Like he like Vince pitched like the feud going forward being like Bruce v Brett, and then even Brett had to say like, no, give me Owen, not Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> like Bruce, Bruce, man, you stand the corner, like, stand by like, and watch. Yeah, my brother and that, but. Okay, let me know and do this. We are the, we're the proper like, Bruce, Bruce, I love you know, you're my brother, but man, you're not a wrestler, man. Fuck off over there. You just watch how real wrestlers do. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in the dungeon with you guys. Yeah, but you, you were holding the towels. <laughs> <laughs> go, go fetch another towel, Bruce. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you needed a towel because... Jay- uh, Gerald Lawler comes out on crutches saying that <laughs> some old woman backed into him while he was driving his car, calls a 10 car pile and he can't compete. So he brings out his personally appointed court jester, Doink the Clown, who comes out with two buckets. One has confetti, which he teases being water, and throws the confetti on the crowd. Like, oh, it's just confetti. And then he grabs another bucket and throws up the water over Bruce Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Heenan laughed his ass off. That was funny as hell. I love Doink. Yeah, this is like this is really good doing because you can hear like it's like it starts off like like clown music and then he gets all sinister. Yeah, evil like, this doink. Is, this, is, this is still yeah. like cool evil doink. Was like, this Big Josh? Because I know there's been several different doinks. I think, I think the original was like Matt Bourne. Yeah, things is still him. Yeah, I remember I hated doink, but now that I'm older and I'm like 
man, this guy's really fucking good. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I'm right on this one, but I'm pretty sure if I'm if I'm wrong, both of you can tell me, shut up, you're fucking wrong. Shut up, you're fucking wrong. Fuck you, man. <laughs> but wasn't original Doink also Skinner? An alligator, man? I think Skinner may have played him at one point, but I don't think he was the original Doink. Right. I think what we can tell is Matt Bourne is original good Doink, and then everybody else after them, shit Doink. Ah, so you think Skinner may have been one of those shit Doinks? Possibly. But, like, it's a weird thing in this match where you're watching it, that the commentators are trying to like say like, oh, like you may find it weird that Bret Hart's on Doink, but Doink's actually a really good wrestler, and they have to like emphasize like he's not just a clown, he's a good wrestler. Yeah. Like, but don't you remember that fun match against Crush at WrestleMania Nine? <laughs> yeah, with the two Doinks. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> the prosthetic leg. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like they did this one of. Was no supposed to imagine where he goes for this giant like seated like senton thing like where he's just kind of sitting on him and Brett gets his knees up and he basically gets his knees right in Doink's balls. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know how long this match went, but just what do you guys think of it? I'll talk to Earth One Paul first because first I think I think maybe because we have another Brett match following it, but this feels like it went on quite a while, oh. long, quite longer than it did. I think it was like eight minutes, nine minutes or something. It did go on quite a while, but there was a lot of pop and circumstance. Yeah. That's why it feels so long. Yeah. Yeah. Because eventually, Jerry Lawler, Brett would win this match against Dunn by D because Jerry Lawler would reveal he's not injured at all. Yeah, he came in and twatty Brett with a crush. Aye, he properly finally connected with them. And, like, oh, when they mentioned first off, they had a segment apparently on the Raw before this where Stu and Helen Hart are up in, like, the balcony of Raw in the Manhattan there while Brett's having a match. And then Jerry Lawler just comes out and just starts ripping up or tearing them apart on the microphone. Good old Stu in heaven. Stu, the most miserable looking man of all of wrestling. You know, Jerry Lawler used to take the piss, but he genuinely did look dead sometimes. You know? like, well, he did end up dying on Raw, so yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, be like. Do you know, like, I remember watching like the Stampede match I mentioned earlier, the 5 on 5. And like they're paying tribute to see how they point him out in the crowd, and Stu still looks like I'd rather be at home right now. I'd rather point point Stu. It's just like what? Like I'd rather uh. be at home stretching people in my dungeon. <laughs> well, but, let's not yeah. forget who the referee is in this match. Fucking Fonzie, straight down the middle of yeah. Daddy. Yeah, like, much more tolerable without blowing his whistle every five thousand seconds. <laughs> I think it would have added to this match. <laughs> I would like Doink just to like steal his whistle off and blow it by back in his face. Right, so Jerry Lawler attacks, uh, attack Bret Hart. He goes to walk away with with Doink, and then out comes President Jack Tunney. Good old Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney don't take no shit. No, he doesn't. <laughs> like I forgot how long Jack Tunney was around because I didn't think he was still the president in '93. I forgot how long he was actually yeah. still around. I know he was around like '92 because he announces like. The rumble being for the title and shit. Yeah. So he comes yeah. in and he goes like, well, he says like, if J-Law, then you're, if you're good to compete, then you're clearly not heartful and get in the ring and like, have your match. Yeah. And like, he doesn't say like, or you'll be suspended or you'll be fired. He has her lines, he will be banned from the World Wrestling Federation forever. Which is basically saying you'll be fired. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, they have to like, go all form and circumstance. And, yeah. So, so yeah, Jerry has the match. He does a lot of problems since entering this and the Doink match. Yeah. But Brett 
locks in the sharpshooter eventually. Won't release it. And he, uh, Gerald Tatsu, he won't release it. Apparently, Brett, like, he was annoyed because when Gerald does his attack on Brett at the 93 Rumble after he's been crowned, he drops, he picks up the crown, the, the like, royal chair, and, like, he drops it on his back, and he's probably actually hurt Brett. And uh-huh. like, because of the, the Kurt Schuyler, like, he apparently, Brett was properly cranking in that <laughs> sharpshooter. <to, laughs> Oh, so Brett done what Brett does. He got pissy. Yeah, and I think like a lot of people really didn't like Daryl Aller in this time, like backstage apparently. Yeah. yeah. Like I think like he was one of the few people in Memphis. Him and Jer- Jeff Jarrett were the only like, we went in Memphis. They were the guys that got paid really well, and then everybody else got what was left. <laughs> I wonder how many people liked Brett. Well, quite a few people apparently backstage at the time. I never liked Brett. Yeah, that's. Earth One Ball, what you know is like on your show, uh, Earth Ball is not a big fan of, of Brett the Hitman Hart. He, he talks about it very regular. <laughs> oh, I love Brett. Ah, that, that's where we differ. I think he's a douche. So, like, well, well, I mean, I, 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 I hate to cut in here, but I, I watched his documentary, Wrestling in the Shadows. Yeah, that's the and one. That made me dislike him more so. Uh, Brett believes in himself. I mean, all, all through the documentary, all they did was whine about how everyone was so bad to him and how everything bad was done to him. Well, He's a whinge in face. Well, we've never taken away from him as a wrestler. I think it's more as a, as a human being. No, great, great wrestler. Uh, Fantastic yeah. wrestler, but a very, very douchey human being. Well, Vince did fuck him, though. Oh, Vince did fuck him, but he would—he never—he never tires of whinging about it, though. Yeah. Like, let that... it fucking go, man. Fuck. I think that was the whole thing. Is this? You know, he worked with him for what twenty some odd years at that time, maybe a little bit more, and it's just give me the benefit of the doubt, fucker. Yeah. I mean, my con. Vince, Vince I... fucked nearly, nearly everybody. Fucking. Yeah. Wrestling, like Brett was nothing special in that regard. Yeah, but so a... you don't hear everybody else whinging on and on and on for twenty plus years about how he was screwed. <laughs> like, give it yeah. a fucking rest, man. Yeah, some people can't let go of grudges. Yeah. Deal with it. You lost your belt. Move the fuck on. Yeah, I knew. I knew there was something he's disagreed on after you were ganging up on me earlier on. <laughs> you deserved it, man. Yeah, you had to come, and man, yeah. guy died, and you were fucking with him. Yeah, I didn't know he was he... dead. Fucking slating the man's name. Apologize, man. That's oh, sorry. Good. Anyway, but Brett has that sharp. I don't even give you the that much, but apologize anyway. I hate you, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will... So Brett has the sharp in for a good five minutes, and like, and then eventually they can't get him off him and. And Bobby Heenan's gone mental. Like, like what these guys doing? Like, they don't even want to release the hole. He's gone mental. <laughs> and then eventually, the referee says, because Brett wouldn't lose the sharpshooter, the winner and undisputed king of the WWF is Jerry Lawler. Yay! <laughs> yeah, you can't reverse the finish for that bullshit. <laughs> I just like disqualifying somebody for kicking too much ass. This is horseshit. True. Yeah. Like. This is like basically what I think it was like. They, this is kind of the same finish they did years later when Gerald Lawler took on like Michael Cole. Like, 
Oh yeah. And it, was, and it pissed people off then, and it pissed a lot of people off at this, when they did that year. So the WWE has a long history of pissing people off. Yeah. Yeah. This is their version of the dusty finish. Yeah. What it is. Like although you say like today the ship is be off, like if you if you watch WWE for any period of time, you know you, you already know they can piss people off. That's what they do. Yeah. I will say there was two awesome crutch shots. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were gimmicked or not, but they were fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way that Ben, I would have to think it was possibly, like it was possibly gimmicked. If not, and it bent like that, then he he must have properly like cracked. Brett, yeah. which, which might explain why Brett was properly cranking in the short shirt when yeah. he had it on him. It would explain why Brett was pissy as per usual. <laughs> well, that first shot that he hit Brett with, I was like, God damn. And then when Brett got him back with the receipt, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, this would lead to, the word continue this feud. They would go on, <laughs> a, they were meant to have Joe Lawler and his knights. Yeah, that didn't work out. No, no. Joe <laughs> Lawler was a very naughty man, allegedly. So they say, allegedly. Say, allegedly, I'm getting that allegedly in there. Yeah. Was not the case, though. Also, though, his replacement now matches Shawn Michaels and, like, what happened to Doink? Did you forget Doink was your court? It was a part of your court. What about Doink? And mm. against like the Hart family, which would then sow the seeds for the eventual Brett Owen feud. Yeah. And and interestingly enough, who was it that pinned Owen? Sean. Was it Sean? Yeah, Sean pinned Owen. You didn't think it was any of those dickheads in the fucking match, did you? I didn't watch the match. I know what happened. Then Jeez. I didn't watch it. Mm. Like, if we were going to pin Owen, they had to get somebody, you know, a legitimate guy to pin Owen. But this, this rivalry is too good to leave alone, so they would revisit again in 95 with the infamous Kiss My Foot match. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. talking, like, everyone thought, like, we were talking about doing a show, and we knew we had Jerry Lawler versus Bear Harm. We were trying to say, is this where they do the Kiss My Foot match, or is that a different show? We were trying to figure it out. Yeah. That would lead to the infamous debut of Isaac Young from TDS. <laughs> <laughs> good old, good old, what is it, Governor but, Jacobs? Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, overall, what would you guys, we're going to start with everyone, Paul, what would you, what would you mm. think of kind of Brett's, Brett doing basically double duty on this card? Well, out of all the people on this show, he could definitely be the one to do it. It's just yeah. it was a yeah. bullshit finish. At the time, Sean probably wasn't ready because he didn't have enough moves in his repertoire, but give him about five years, Sean could do it. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, Sean wasn't ready. No. Like, like you do feel bad for Brett in some regards in that it was maybe Hogan passes the torch to Brett, and, yeah, this match, and then he was maybe main event, and they're like, no, we're not going to do that. You know fine well there was no way in holy hell that Hogan was going to pass the torch to someone who he deemed beneath him. Yeah. It's like, like, okay, I'm going to be the main event against Hogan for the tail. Yeah, not, no, he's going to drop the tail to Yokozuna, King of the Ring. All right, so I'm assuming I'm going to win it back from Yokozuna, King of the Ring, get my revenge from Mania. No, you're going to beat Doink the Clown and then Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to give you a title match. Yeah, you're going, you go from, it's great that you can show he could go like double J, like you said, like he's probably one of the few guys who could do it. And like, he didn't, like he went to matches and he still didn't look like that knacker as most people would be. Yeah. You know, I I will say one thing in in Brett's favor. Mm-hmm. Right, I I get why he was such a pissy bitch, but things like the guy 
basically, like Vince would say jump, he would say how high. Mm-hmm. He would do whatever was asked to him, and then he'd get fucked, which was hellish, right? Yeah. That was never my thing with Brett. I get his, I get his annoyance. The only thing that ever annoyed me was the fact that he never shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> you know? Honestly, I know you're annoyed, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> How much? How many more years can you fucking bleat on about that one match? Oh, they screwed me, in Montreal. I know you're. weren't you weren't you fucking leaving anyway? What's the fucking matter? I think the thing is, Brett needs to tell them when I do this interview. Don't ask me about the fucking Montreal screw job. Yeah, because that's the question they always ask him about. So he but, always has to talk about it. You know, that's the thing, though. Like asking Brett about that is like a red rag to a bull. You know, you, you touch upon that nerve end and Brett's going to go on about it. Yeah. Well, we've, we've moved on. We've talked a lot about Brett. Some of us more than others. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Are you saying we hit a nerve with somebody else? Yep, yes, we did. Okay. I, I'm fine. <laughs> we went to a promo... From Ludwig Borger. Ludwig Borger. Who I, who I almost forgot was a singer in this time. He was, you know. He had he had a wrestling figure and everything. <laughs> True sign of hate that he made it. Yeah. <laughs> but like he. So he, did Virgil too. Yeah. Hmm. So did Virgil. Uh, so fuck yeah. So he did yeah. Woo. Like when. Uh, Ludwig Borger looking at these crumbling wall- walls in this window and like this represents just how America is crumbling I bet like Express did run through here basically what they should have said this way you can sum this poem up is I'm not from here I have my own customs <laughs> <laughs> my crazy passport <laughs> oh, I, I love that I love that wrestling episode of Picture Man fucking my crazy passport yeah now, I couldn't tell when he was cutting that promo if he was in Detroit or my hometown or in Russia because it looks all the fucking same to me. <laughs> yeah, let's just find the shitty building. It doesn't matter where it is. We'll just say it's somewhere you, in America. You know, he became a politician too. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. yeah. I also heard he wasn't a very nice man to be around. No, well, apparently he he um, ended himself. Apparently. Oh, thank you for bringing the tone of the podcast then. Yay! Oh. Was it? Yeah. Oh, he's a heavenly body as well. Oh, <laughs> the new heavenly body, Jimmy Delhi and Ludwig Borger. That'd be an awful fucking team, man. Yeah. <laughs> For fuck's uh, sake. Andre's got a lot of ass to kick tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, wait, I don't know, if it, was this before or after Ludwig Borger uh, ended the tanker streak? Uh, I think it may have been before. Before, probably. Yeah, because I know it was like a big deal on yet. But he's out here, and yet another, again, like I said, uh, the IRS match, another weird squash match on, on SummerSlam, where we have Ludwig Borger taking on Marty Jannetty. Well, you, come on, you didn't think Marty was going to fucking win, did you? Well, no, but like you think you want to showcase how dominant this guy is, like you can give a random squash match on the show. But... Yeah, we could have picked someone better than Marty to squash, but... but like, Marty clearly we look at him like he got the rockers gear and music in the divorce. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's all he fucking thought. Song, though. Sean Sean walked up with the talent in the future. Yeah. 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 He's 
Hopefully, so, Marty got the kids, and Sean got the bright future. <laughs> you see Sean backstage, he's like, it's always awkward when you see your ex with their new partner, isn't it? <laughs> I felt, like, you know, overall, I felt terrible for Marty, but the guy, the guy just sucked, man. <laughs> he really did. Like, he, he, every chance he seemed to get, and I've read up on him, mm-hmm. he just fucked it. Mm-hmm. He blew it, yeah. You know? Yeah. He was his own worst enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fair to say Marty got battered by Ludwig Borger in this match. Good. Uh, well, here's my notes for the match. Blah. Yeah, <laughs> blah. Did, did Marty get beat? Yeah. yeah. Good. Ludwig Borger won with a, a torture rack, which I think is also a move Luger would use quite often. So, yeah. like, how like could they more blatantly be saying, hey, this guy's going to fight your all-American hero and all that. <laughs> This is an evil foreigner. Boo him. God, can boo you, him. Yeah. Can you imagine if Luger had actually, you know, won the belt yeah. and then defended it against Ludwig Borga? I mean, Brett's, Brett's first title, he defended the title against but he's Papa Shango. Hey, you leave Papa Shango alone. He was fine. He was cool. Hey, we don't think him or Ludwig Borga immediately as like, main event title contenders. No, you do not. Nah. But, <laughs> so, I never saw Papa Shango. I mean, back in 93, though, you didn't really have a lot of top-tier talent to go for belts. No, you did not. No, you didn't. Like, like, Ted was on the way out. Mm-hmm. Sean wasn't there yet. No. Razor wasn't there yet, either. Well, he Diesel, Diesel, Diesel was just a bodyguard. As much as he should have been, Perfect was never going to get there. For some reason, Undertaker wasn't getting shit. Yeah, that's weird. No. But... Uh, do you know... Uh, talking to Undertaker... Do you know Undertaker of this period was honestly my favourite Undertaker? Mm-hmm. Like, his, my favourite incarnational Undertaker when he was just big, freaky, and silent? Mm-hmm. Like, talk about Undertaker in a moment, but like, we look at Ludwig Borger, like, it's a weird thing, the foreign heel guy, like, like the whole pro-USA thing, like, yay, we're proud of our country, and then this new guy comes in, like, I'm proud of my country too. No, don't be proud of your country because it's not our country. Our country's better. <laughs> and also, like, it's also like you've had evil Russians, evil like Iranians and that in the past before Borka came in. And then like, who we got next? What evil country we got next? Finland. Like when when Russia came in, I'm from Bulgaria. Like, no, they yeah. had to fucking make them Russian just to make them more of a curve. Like, like no one's gonna buy B- B- Bulgaria having a problem with the US. Like. <laughs> Like, what has Finland ever done to the US? You're not from America. Fuck you. <laughs> that, was, that was the whole setup of the, the sort of evil nations back when. You're not from America. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's like it. The theme song should have just been like the theme song from Team America. Well, please. America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, fucking amazing! But yeah, good, good, good old anti-American wrestling foes, man. But, oh, that's this whole show. It's just Team America, fuck yeah! Yeah, yeah there's, red, <laughs> white, there's red, white, and blue all over this bloody show. Yeah, what, should it be in SummerSlam? It should be Team America, fuck yeah! This is all Vince McMahon's wet dream here. Just red, white, and blue American flag and this guns blazing. <laughs> this is all it is. Like the pay always have their tiling, the tiling is shown me in America with like a 20 exclamation marks after that. Yeah. God damn it, I need more American flags. 
<laughs> more flags, more fireworks, more confetti. Yes. So we'll move on to foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> foreigners and to the Undertaker and the rest in peace match. Against that basketball player. Against yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giant Gundels. What is a rest in peace match? It's basically it's basically I'd know DQ match. But just we need to come up with a cool name because it's the Undertaker. So we'll yeah, call it a rest yeah. in peace match. It's SummerSlam. We need a cool Undertaker match. Well, the one thing and we couldn't can, find one, so we got the Gonzalez. One thing you can yeah. say about this match: mm-hmm. at least Giant Gonzalez didn't fucking chloroform him in this match. <laughs> yeah. I wish yeah. I'd been chloroformed during watching this match, so I didn't have to watch it. I'm sure a lot of people wished that too. Yeah, I, I, I went and got something to eat. Sorry, guys, I can't help you in this match. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, let's just say, let's just sum up this match. Mm-hmm. Big freaky guy ah. in a fucking costume. Undertaker beat him. Let end. Yeah. yeah. Eligante versus The Undertaker. Not much to say. Eligante. Not good in WCW. Why did you get him here? Because he was big and tall and you needed somebody to wrestle The Undertaker. The how, end. Can we, how can we make him look cool? Let's put him in a big fucking Lycra suit and put hair on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty much. Like, the whole thing was they kept talking about Harvey Wilson stolen the urn. The urn is the source of Antigua's power. So basically, an inanimate object was the focus of this match. And I'm not talking about Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I must think, like, when Taker got his feed with Cali, when Cali first came in, I bet he looked at him like, did I not wrestle you back in 93? <laughs> I mean, the well, actually, Gonzalez could actually move better than Cali could. Not very, not much, not a much better comparison, though, the big lumbering seven-foot guy. Yeah, Most, yeah. Like, Taker, make this guy look good. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do with him? Do you know, like, no, and no, and, and thank Christ it was a short-lived feud, right? But the whole, the most interesting thing between Undertaker and Gonzalez was like, see, when they first squared up against each other, mm-hmm. and height-wise, this cunt made Taker look like a cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, like Undertaker was tiny compared to this guy. You know, and you're like, fuck's sake. Because every, every time you'd seen The Undertaker up to that point, he was this big, imposing fucking dude, and then he stands up next, next to this guy. Mm-hmm. And height-wise, you're like, Christ, man. Yeah. You know, but then you've seen Gonzalez wrestle, and you're like, ah, oh, God, man. Yeah, then the match starts, and you're like, oh, well. I'm go- I'm going to go have a smoke or something. Yeah. It's kind of like Shaq when he worked uh, Big Show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Oh, now they have to actually wrestle. Yeah. And Taker had to win with a flying clothesline off the top because Gonzalez, you couldn't get any regular moves on Gonzalez. No, no. Not going Tombstone that one. No. No. He should have just done his off ever and Tombstone Harvey Whippleman. (laughs) However, the people popped like hell whenever um, the gong went off and Paul Bear. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched like uh, WrestleMania nine the other day, uh-huh. and I know a lot of people hate that particular WrestleMania, but Undertaker's entrance at that WrestleMania with Crow and shit, yeah, that was really fucking cool. That was sweet. Yeah, yeah, that oh, was that was probably the best thing about that WrestleMania. A cool entrance waited on a giant Gonzalez match. I like Lex Luger's too. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Well, they they went the whole. Caesar Palace, they may look stupid, but at least they went all out with it with everybody's entrance, like when Bobby Heen coming up backwards on a camel. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. 
Yeah. At least yeah, they but... tried something with WrestleMania 9. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have a random, like, six-man tag. After this, we have Smoking Guns, Billy and Buck, Art Gun. Yep. Teaming up with Tatanka against Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers. I forgot Billy Gunn was the Smoking Gun. I completely <laughs> forgot. I, yeah. I erased that from my memory. Were you, were you not a Smoking Guns fan? Nah, not really. No. Nah. I like the Samoan SWAT team, but I could give a shit about the Smoking Guns. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody remembers Bart Gunn's most infamous match. Yep. Mania 15 when he got fucking oh, yeah. knocked stupid by Butterbean. Uh, like, I remember, like, with the Smoking Guns, there was a weird period, like, like 95, 96, where their tag team division was summed up. Smoking Guns, Body Donners, the Godwins, and that was it. Oh, oh, don't you don't you remember that fantastic tag team of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog? Oh, the Allied <laughs> the Powers. Allied powers. Lord, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me of that, Paul. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Yeah, like this feels like this match has been put like in this position because like let's let's have a fun match. We we'll get all these guys on the show, but really we're just like killing people down because we've got our big main event to come. Yeah. The big main event. Yeah. Like, do you have, Earthworm Paul, do you have anything to say about, like, the six-man tag? Because I really, like, I, I, like, I'm struggling to keep my attention during this match. Yeah. Uh, two interesting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a concessionaire walking around with a big, giant tub of cotton candy over his head, pimping the shit. <laughs> and he actually managed to sell one. And this is when Vince had his great commentary of the night. Tatanka on a warpath. And then you said, the uh, Vought kick on Jillian. That was about it for the match. That was pretty shitty. I, I, I think Earth One Ball has summed up pretty fucking well. Yep. Let me on. And we go on to the yeah. next one. Because like, cause I don't think anyone's going to tweet us or like, how dare you not talk about the sixth match? This was the show stealer match of the night. Like, no, it's. Wasn't. I will I will bet you any fucking money in the world there is at least one fucking guy or one girl out there who goes, damn, man, that match was my whole fucking SummerSlam. There's always that one. There's fucking, always that one yeah. fucking person. I, mean, I, liked, I liked Bam Bam and it. Like, Bam Bam was a cool time. Like, oh, Bam Bam got like, really underused in the WWE, I think. Like, he, I know he may have entered WrestleMania, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, when he was in WCW, him and Goldberg were getting it on. That shit was awesome. But yeah. didn't do anything here? Oh, like, what do you do? Put him out there with Luna Vachon? They were banging? Ooh. Yeah. That's that, great. Like, What'd you do in this match? Nothing. Like, people forget, like, Bam's an ECW champion as well. Yeah, and it, do you know, oh, for, a guy, for a guy oh, of his size, he had some good agility. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I can't do a cartwheel. Bam Bam can. <laughs> Didn't, didn't Bam Bam do like a moonsault or some shit? I think so. Like, he, uh, I remember he, I think he and Vader when, when they were in Japan, they, they two like, were in a tag team. In the yeah. game, which, which I would have loved to have seen. But. Yeah, but so you could you could sum up with Six Man a lot of reasonably good talent in a very throwaway match. Yeah, I mean, something that's happened before, like it happens nowadays, and like it's much one of those things that happens. Oh, it happens so often nowadays. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things the is trying to get everybody on the show for WrestleMania Paycheck. Yep. Yeah. And 
before we get to our big event, we have a must-see interview with the Lex Express driver, Ugh. who, after driving this car for all around the country for the majority of the summer, it's not even allowed a ticket to SummerSlam. He has to sit in a tiny TV and watch the show on a tiny TV in his truck. Like, can, like, like you, you've been driving with Lex. You must have talked to Lex. Can Lex not get you a ticket into the show? I suppose like, watching it in his van on a tiny motor, monitor could have been better than actually being there. I mean, he's suffered enough. He has to drive fucking Lex Luger around. Can't you at least let him into an air-conditioned building? Yeah. Like, so we have Yokozuna coming out first with his Mr. Fuji, his manager, and his American representative, basically the guy who speaks for him. Oh, you skipped the part. Yeah. Where they interviewed that fucking idiot in the American toga outfit that his mom made him the best sheets that she oh, bought. Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> did, you, did you, like, intentionally forget that guy? I unintentionally forgot him. Never. I wish I intentionally forgot him. <laughs> Yeah, like Vince just... fucking loved it. Bobby just looked like this guy's a fucking moron. Yeah, I love America. <laughs> That's basically like <laughs> That's basically like find find some idiot in the crowd with with red, white and blue on. Get him on camera. You're gonna the champion coming out first with a uh, with his, his people. With his people, with his entourage, as we saw. <laughs> yeah. Kanye entourage. <laughs> and then we have, basically, it might as well have been the American National Anthem or something like that. See, what Lexer comes out, out, out to, he has his bionic elbow tip with an elbow pad on it. Am I, am I the only one that's so reminded of Rocky IV? <laughs> you know, yeah. like Apollo Creed coming yeah. out, and all American and shit. <laughs> You know, at, at least Lex Luger then he get beat to death. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the difference. Uh, yeah, I remember I actually watched the clip, like, not uh, a few months ago for the first time of him actually doing the slam. Yeah. And it's quite funny that the fact that when he's landing the heli- in the helicopter, nobody can see he's in the helicopter yet. The people on the boat are chatting, Hogan, oh, <laughs> it's like Hogan's disappeared after King of the Ring, so, like, they assume Hogan's coming back to get his revenge. Yeah. And then, like, and then just it's Lex Luger. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that the first time. But have, like, have you noticed though, like it was, it was like, like everybody says, he's a narcissist, he's a heel, and then just out of the blue, he's like Mister America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no build up, no nothing. He's just, oh wait a minute, he's Mister America. Yeah, why did you get patriotic all of a sudden? I mean, yeah. what did you do? Watch like Born on the Fourth of July or something? Why are, all of a sudden do you give a shit? Like. You just woke up like it's the Fourth of July. I must be a patriot today. I'm gonna to be Mr. <laughs> I'm gonna be Mister America. I'm gonna be Hogan Mark too. I've got better hair than him anyway. I think it's just like he's kind of like Pokemon. Vince is like I need a new Hogan. He just looks around everyone. He just like looks at Vince, like sir, like looker. I choose you. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Pokemon. He just threw a ball. <laughs> a red, white, and blue Pokeball and trapped. <laughs> you are a patriot now. You will like it. You are a patriot man. Right. I don't know about you, I think it could be argued it went a bit long, but I didn't think this match, I, th- I was expecting this match to be terrible. Yeah. I actually pretty enjoyed it. Like, the crowd were actually in the arena were more behind Lex than I thought they would be. I don't know if that's more so because he's the guy who's in America, so they're, they're pro-America, or they're just pro-Lex. Well, I think it was a bit of both, you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, everybody always goes on and on about Lex, but Lex was a pretty decent wrestler. Yeah. And he had been mm-hmm. champion and other promotions and he would be champion in other promotions it just 
he got a pretty shitty run in WWF. Yeah. That yeah. was the whole the, the long shot of it, you know what I mean? Because the guy could fucking carry himself in the ring. And the worst thing we did, like I said at the outset, was make him a face. Because he was a great heel, with, like you say, the narcissist, the cocky heel, with that bionic elbow thing. Yeah. It was great, and he was really building up some steam. And then they make him face, he's popular for like half a year, and then he's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? They basically killed any potential push that Lex had by making them face. Yeah. And yep. making them front the company. For, well, that was what they attempted to do, make them front the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, Luger is an amazing heel. Yeah. Yeah. He's great at the heel. Like, the, the look of him, though, like, he's maybe a relatable good guy. Like, I'm not ripped like that. I'm not, I'm, I can't relate to you. Like, he's, yeah. he's all going with, and those he's the total packy. He's like, he's perfect because he looks a certain way. Like, like, I can't relate to you. Like, you are a perfect heel. Like, why am I supposed to be on your side all of a sudden? I mean, you you look back just, like, the year previous when he was having that feud with Perfect. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, this is true perfection, and he was talking about himself. Mm-hmm. And even, like, when he was when he was unveiled at the 93 Rumble. Uh, Bobby Heenan, which I said to Paul before we were on, it's basically, I think it was Vince talking through Bobby Heenan looking at Felix, like, oh, my God, look at him. Look at those pecs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, why didn't I like to like Mr. Fuji's trying to get like the the powder and his uh, like he did to Brett at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Luger's too smart for that. Like, so he's he's wise through all the like, their sneaky tactic. But at one point, uh, Luger gets the advantage because he gets a bucket, weird bucket looking thing from <laughs> from Mr. Fuji and hits Lex with it, and that's that causes him to go down, and that allows Luger to take advantage and. He hits him and whacking the only describes a lot of rest holds. I think part of the reason this shouldn't went as long as it was as Yokozuna was clearly sh- he was knackered. <laughs> oh yeah, he was blown up quick. Yeah. 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 He, he's heavy breathing a lot during his match. Like he did a lot of sp- you notice he does a lot of spots where he lands on his back because he like, I need a break. I've been doing two minutes worth of exercise, I need a break. Mm. Well they should have kept Macho out there so he could have done some interference. That could have gave him some rest. But yeah. they sent Macho back after the National anthem. Yeah, they do. Mm. Like they have the two national anthems. They have the Japanese national anthem and the U.S. national anthem, and the the crowd boo the Japanese national anthem. <laughs> you're like, no, Americans booing another national anthem. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that never happened. <laughs> Once again, Scott's telling lies. <laughs> it's 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 like like it's like Scotland. We would never boo England. Lot, you know what I mean? No, no, definitely we would not. we would never boo English. Fucking English. <laughs> I agree, fuck England. Yeah. <laughs> Countries should have their own freedom. They should make that's, their own laws. guy, man. You know what I mean? Fuck England. Yeah. Fuck the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... However, in our defense, uh, man, that singer was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> he was shitty. <laughs> Aaron Neville wasn't fucking much better either. No, I think they should have just played Jimi Hendrix. I mean, that would have just, I would fuck stand up for that. But we should have got, we should have got that guy that used to play the guitar solo, you know, like Mind Mountain Rock. <laughs> should have got him. Oh, yeah. So, I, don't, I, I think he was supposed to be a wrestler, but mostly I haven't seen him. He was just playing solos. Like, yeah, let's play solos. Yeah. This guy who was, was singing that, I don't know, was someone grabbing him by the balls and behind the camera? The whole thing, because how high was it? How high was he singing? <laughs> 
Give him a twist, get the octave off a bit. Oh, hey, can you see? Uh, but, uh, thoughts on this match as a whole before we talk about the, the shitty finish? Honestly, I... I uh, I, I think the match was good. You know what I mean? Le- and I, I, I don't know if you two would disagree. I think Lex technically carried Yoko through the match yeah. as best as yeah. he could. You know what I mean? And we will talk about the finish in a moment. I, I personally think the finish was fucking ridiculous. But, you know what I mean? Because if, if it was ever a time we were going to put that belt on Lex, if we were going to seriously go with him, mm-hmm. he should have properly won that fucking match. You know? I mean, you've already ruined the guy's character as a heel. Mm-hmm. At least fucking go the full fucking way and put the belt on him. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out, fair enough. At least you've fucking tried. There's been many wrestlers in the past that will put the belt on mm-hmm. and it, the experiment hasn't fucking worked. But they've at least fucking tried. Yeah. They never gave Lex that opportunity to go with the belt. Mm-hmm. You know? And they, they, they should have done. They really fucking should have done. If it fails, have them drop the match uh, belt at Survivor Series. No, we could have had, we could have them drop it to their fucking their glory boy. We could have had to drop it to Brett. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I mean, that could have worked. We could have had them win the belt and then revert to cocky heel, mm-hmm. fight Brett, or Brett beats the heel. Everybody's happy. Yeah, because like, yeah. when finishes the match comes, he takes off the the elbow pad, which is not a very good patriotic American hero thing to do. That's <laughs> with a bionic elbow. Yoko's going to turn to the outside. Liger wins by countout, which we all know does not mean that the title changes hands unless it's specified that the title can change hands by <laughs> countout in special circumstances. And then Liger celebrates that he's won. He's being raised up by the Steinerverse. Confetti and balloons are raining down. Yeah, what the fuck? While, all the while, Bobby Heenan's reminding everyone he's not the champion. And he's like, like you've made Lex look like the biggest idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's as if we'd set up for him to win. But decided mid-match he wasn't going to win the belt. But yeah. when will the confetti anyway? Like, like we paid, we paid the confetti. We we spent a lot of the budget on balloons and confetti. We can't afford to waste. <laughs> it. Yeah. But what this does is it's telling the story that he has beaten the unbeatable. So Yokozuna is beatable. Mm-hmm. And Lex yeah, was that, the first to do it. Yeah, that's that I'm is the key. But he should, I think he should have won the belt. And then oh yeah, that's good storytelling. Let's just fucking WWE. Yeah, so like, and at this point, I mean, it's, there's a wee cold like, closing of the show, and I'll talk about this, and then I'll get into some listener feedback, because I reached out to people, get people's opinions on uh, Lex Luger. Good old. But uh, they go to play the I'll Be Your Hero video package. <laughs> but if you tune into the WWE <laughs> Network, you don't get I'll Be Your Hero. Yay! You get some cheesy, shitty pop song set over... The Lex Luger video, you can see the video. Like, I know, like, I know for a fact this is the I'll be here video, so I know I'm supposed to be hearing that song. So, what is it? The video of Lex sleeping in the yeah. back of the Lex Express bus. Like, uh, like you watch, is it the same watch. video, but they just don't have the copyrights? Like, like, I don't get it. Like, this was a song made for one of your stars. How do you not have the rights? Because that's just how it works because they're cheap bastards, they won't pay for the music. Yeah, there you go, and then you get them. Celebrating in the locker room, like again, celebrating his count out win <laughs> with his fellow babyface friends, and then Ludwig Borger confronts him and they're basically said, These two are gonna fight soon. Yeah, I'm from Finland yeah. and you're not, I'm gonna kick your ass, man. <laughs> and 
and then they don't even have a match on pay-per-view. They have a match on Raw. It doesn't even build to a pay-per-view match. Like, well, maybe they know it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. Like the I think not putting the belt on Lex was worse than putting the belt on Lex because you put because you built all the sides there to not pay it off with him wearing the belt. Yeah. Like you said, you could have easily dropped to him at Survivor or even the Rumble, and then gone into the thing with Brett. Like making him win, not win here, but still celebrate made really ruined his beauty face character. And I think like, and then you make him look like a nut further idiot at Mania Ten when he loses by DQ. Yeah. And then Brett wins it later on. And like, what I think should have happened is post Mania Ten, before, while at King of the Ring, while they were setting up the own feud for one to get his shot for SummerSlam, they should have had him revert back to the narcissist and claim that Brett took what he what should have been his. Yes, and we have we had the two fight in a few of the two because oh, they're because they're genuine like there's a great story there that they could have told. Yep, there's there's many ways yeah. they could have gone, but they ultimately chose the wrong way. Yeah, yeah they Vince decided to wait till Royal Rumble, have them do the over the top. They both go off and said, "Well, I'll go by the reaction of the crowd," uh-huh. and they yeah. went with the crowd decided well they wanted Brett, so he switched course. And decided to go with Brett being the champ. And you, and you know, not not to be not to be overly fucking technical here, you know. I have, I have the tape of that rumble. Mm-hmm. I've watched it back several times, mm-hmm. and just just by a fucking hair, mm-hmm. Lex touches the ground second. Mm-hmm. Brett lost that rumble. Okay, just saying. That's not what WWE says. Now, come on. Yeah, but you know, you know, they're never right. <laughs> We're never right. If we were right, Bray Wyatt would be a be a champion still. Like I. Uh, well, if they were right, the Monday Night Wars was completely different. If, yeah. Like I was. DX changed the course of history. <laughs> yes, we did. Like when I reached out to people who get a I did some have someone point out Yokozuna. We when we talk about him. Like he did not have the best. Made, he wasn't made to look the best of champion because, like, listening at me and Aini wins because Fuji through the eye, the salt in the eyes of Brett, and then Hogan made him look like an idiot afterwards. He beats Hogan at the Rumble because he's light, with a big camera explosion in Hogan's face. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. loses by count out. What did he even do at Survivor Series? Was he in like a Survivor Series? Wasn't that whole scrimmage between him and Taker, and then all the heels come in and stole the urn and blah blah blah? No, that was mainly that was the Rumble '94. Like, ah, right, I don't right. even know what he did. And then, like, Mania 10, he loses by, he wins, he retains over Luger, but by DQ. And then the one clean finish he has is when he loses to Brett because he slipped off the, he slipped off the turnbuckle. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, for a monster, he was booked surprisingly bad. But, well, you know, you know, we do a, a good few career retrospectives. Yeah. You know, if we ever did one on Yokozuna, that would be a pretty, it'd be pretty, Sad by the end of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, that'd be kind of. Because that guy's career went weird, man. Yeah. I mean, what what was he like at the end? Like nearly nine hundred pounds or something. Yeah, he, he was trying to be like the first like thousand pound wrestler. Yeah. I mean, I I seen that. I don't know if you've both seen it. Like Legends of Wrestling thing. Oh god. I seen pretty. Oh. Like Yoko looked awful at that thing. But. Like, I'm going to ask two questions. 
First off, I'm just going to say yes or no. We probably already answered it, but I'm going to say it anyway. At this pay-per-view, yes or no, a third Earth 1 fall, should Lex have won the title? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, I agree too. Like, I think build-wise, storyline-wise, like, you would have been a better ended. It probably wouldn't have been remembered very well. But then again, you could drop it back. There's been tons of like, unmemorable champions over the years. Yeah. And I'm going to ask, before I go in and listen to feedback, uh, well, I don't know about how you guys do it, but I, we usually try and do like a thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs down kind of thing here. Because I think it's easier, an easier rating system than like doing stars, because like people get really like particular when you do like one to five. All right. That's where I am. So, Earthfall, it says he's a thumbs in the middle. I think I'm a middle, middle almost up, but I'm kind of in the middle because of some of the shitty finishes. <laughs> the, the, the shitty finishes, yeah. Uh, I'd be thumb in the middle for this yeah. one. Yeah. all thumbs in the middle for yeah. that one. We all, we all look yeah. like the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bar. Yeah, so I, yeah. But I, uh, I put it out to some people in some wrestling related Facebook groups that I'm in to ask them their opinion and first of all I put up a couple of polls uh, in one group we had 8 votes for no he should not have won the title and 3 Thanks. for yes um, we had another group we had 16 votes for yes 10 for no those 10 people are wrong uh, we, have, we have another group which is also 16 votes for yes 7 votes for no and then there's another there's another group group where I put a poll and some, you can add options yourself. Oh. I think some people oh. really start oh. this with my poll here <laughs> <laughs> because we have 54 votes for no, which is a lot actually. Yeah. 24 votes for yes. Four votes for no because he wasn't a wrestler. He was a pumped up, overblown body with half a decent promo ability. <laughs> Someone really does not like. That's harsh, man. One vote for what is SummerSlam. Fuck off. <laughs> One vote for not my Hogan. Sure. And this is the way you can tell people are taking the piss. One vote for Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elba. Fuck. <laughs> just sake, just the words Idris. Uh, One vote <laughs> for Dave Meltzer is daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even done. I'm not even done. One vote. For Ross from Cultaholic. Okay. And another one that hasn't had any votes, but somebody put there that no Ding Dong number two clearly should have won. Like, fucking Ding Dongs. Like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Man? I think that's people just fucking with you. Uh, pe- like, people are really fucking. Unless that guy's really old school and it's the Ding Dongs from NWA. See, that's the rule never ask anyone anything. Like, I've got some comments as well. I'll go through. I'll try and get through as many as I can. Bear with me. Uh, Andy says he wasn't over enough, simple as. Brendan says Hulk Hogan. Dude, Lex? Yeah. Fuck off. Lex was over. Yeah. Like, as he I had said, a fucking tour bus. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, it's one of the rules. If you have a tour bus, it's over. <laughs> He had, a, he had a tour bus named after himself. Uh, we had Ryan said, I don't feel he had the talent to compete at that level at any point in his career. Jesus, people are harsh on well, People don't like Lex. Just because he killed Liz doesn't mean he's not fucking over. 
Did Ryan say that? I got called Ryan. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ryan's wrong. Uh, Sorry, Ryan. But people say uh, the, the, the one I mentioned there, guy called Rob, he mentioned the stuff about like how I mean, you look at it, how poorly booked uh, Yokozuna was as champion. Yeah. Uh, we have got another different Ryan saying, I say yes, Vince should have taken the chance. Yeah, he's good. Yay. Uh, Simon Stewart says, no, because he was shite. I like Yokozuna. Well, that's your opinion, Stuart. Fair enough. I like Yokozuna too, but he was not shite. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, someone, uh, someone said, "I think the I think he would have been awful champion, but with that entire build, it's criminal that it didn't end with him having the belt." That's a fair, a fair, and honest opinion. Yeah. The way he was being booked, he probably would not have been a good champion, but still should have had a shot. Yeah, yeah. Yokozuna was a bad champion because the way he was booked. Uh, we have yeah. uh, we have another a different Scott saying yes because Cornette was cutting promos on him that would have made him look like a plate of play off piss as words if he had lost and he, he kind of did look like piss because he lost yeah well he technically won but he didn't win the title so he didn't uh, Carl says he won the battle he lost the war mm-hmm. uh, Carl says definitely after all the hype even if he even if he even if he wasn't good wait sir definitely Start again man. definitely after all the hype even if he didn't work out he could have dropped the belt back to Yoko right the way this is reading these out, there's many a ways we could have Aye. dealt with him. Because Bryce here says, from a sterling perspective, it probably would have made more sense. Yes, sure. Well, of course it would have. And, like, where are you not you agree with people's opinions? I want to thank people for taking the time to, well, not the ones who, who made a mockery of my poll, but... <laughs> I want to thank those people because they annoyed you. But, but the people who took the time to comment and share their opinions, I thank them for their, for taking the time. And also want to thank Paul from Earth One for taking the time and chatting with us because I think this was a re- this was really fun. I know you two had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed being here. Good Appreciate it. Been wrong, Jimmy Del Rey, but we'll let we'll let that slide. We've been talking for quite a while now. We have. So we're gonna have to wrap up there. But uh, Paul, if you want to give your uh, your plugs, if you haven't. Oh, I, just, I. Which. Paul, Paul, yeah, go for it. Fair one, like Paul's plugs. Quantify that, my, man. My, well, my Paul's plugs are the same plugs as mine. <laughs> so, who? You? I'll start again. So, uh, Paul, fair one, if you have any plugs to join. <laughs> uh, we're Scott and Paul show. You can find us on well anywhere at Scott and Paul, except for Twitter. We cannot use Scott and Paul show, so it's Scott Paul show on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's weird what they allow you to do. Ours, ours is like. We had to go with SP rambling because, like, it's weird when you find out what's already taken. Yeah. Like, I can't use that one. I can't use this one. What the fuck can I use? And half the time when you want to use something that's already been used, the people who have the accounts barely even use them. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely think we should do something again. Hopefully, we can get uh, Earth One version of Scott and the four of us can do something. Maybe Hell we'll yeah. do it. Hopefully we'll do another retro view. We'll, we we I really am annoyed that we didn't get to do May nineteen. So hopefully someday we can do that again. Yeah, I hope so. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's got Lex Luger on there, you oh man, <laughs> our our Scott will be blowing Lex so hard. So it's, yeah. it's a good oh. thing he wasn't here. The first time somebody was said something negative about Lex, he would have just gone off. So. Yeah, yeah. I I like the sound of. Yeah, other Scott because yeah. I, I I have a similar thing with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, I have like too. When anyone says anything overly positive about Brett, like I, I tell them why they're wrong. Well, my favorite all time is Ric Flair. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, you can say what you want about Brett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it wasn't fair to Flair. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Vince isn't being fair to Flair right now either. I could give a fuck about his daughters. All about Rick. <laughs> Uh, but like, I had a lot, of, a lot of fun. Like, I was worried that we'd be shitting on Lex, and other Scott would get very disappointed in us. But I think we did a, we, we were quite reasonable with Lex. I think so because, I mean, if you if you if you if you if you, lo- if you love wrestling, mm-hmm. then it only stands to reason that you have a respect for Lex Luger because a guy. A lot of people say a lot of negative shit about Lex, but mm-hmm. it was a good fucking wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. guy was an amazing U.S. champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, he like forget like all the everything he done in WCW. He was WCW champion in '97. He was a part of the Horsemen. He was an NWA yeah. champion as well. But how can you fuck him up in both WWF and WCW? Everybody who had him fucked up. How? I don't know. It's one of the life's mysteries. It's one of those classic examples of a decent talent being fucked up mm-hmm. and misused. They- even when he beat Hogan for the title, when he went against the NWO, he actually won the belt. And then a week later, they fucking took it from him. Aye. Yep. Because for a reason, they they, they were building all the thing to Hogan's thing, and then it said, like, oh, we're going to get to Lex, and they're like, oh, but we need Sting to win it for Hogan. So, okay, Lex, we're going to need that belt back. Thank you. Yeah, you won it, and you went and knocked your fucking self in to win this thing, but yeah, we're going to have to take that from you. You could have let him have, like, at least a two-month run. Yeah. Like he won in like September, he could have won it like lost it back like Halloween Havoc or like World War Three at least on a pay per view. I think that would be a great topic for a future podcast as well. Re- wrestlers and both male and female yeah. as well that have been unnecessarily screwed because of other circumstances. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we need to write one more wrong before we close out because to close us to close us out, we're gonna hear a song that me and Eric One Paul didn't get to hear. When we were listening to the network version, we're gonna play you all out with the, with the the cheesy but spreading the catchy tunes <laughs> of Lex Luger, "I'll Be Your Hero." Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Those days live on.